opinions, and attitudes. Attitudes. It's actually an intriguing talk. You know, they talk about the news. And you have to respect them for that. You're listening to Right On Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Right On Radio. My name is Jeff. What a show we have for you. I'm going to be bringing Jesse on in just a second. Uh, I want to tell you right now, uh, I'm doing this quick little intro so you have time to get a notepad and paper. We're going to give out so much information in this time, and we're just scratching the surface, ladies and gentlemen. So this is going to be a follow-up on last week's show uh, where we talked about the Voice of God uh, project. This time we're going to be talking about Merlin, the Holy Sea, King Arthur, the Holy Grail, the Philosopher's Stone, (laughs) Uh, connecting to the grid and the cube, and what is the relationship between the Muslims and the Vatican. And for all that and more... We're joined by our resident expert <laughs> in this, and her name is Jessie Zaboder. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> so, well, Jessie, I like that title, resident expert. <laughs> well, yeah, you're probably more of an expert than any of us, and uh, and uh, you know, I just want to say first of all, uh, Jesse, well, thank you for sending me some of the materials so that you know I can catch up and at least be able to, you know understand some of the things that you're saying so you know i can help guide the listeners through this because there's a lot and this is going to be a lot on you uh one of the things i'll comment and by the way i'm not going to give the names of the materials because some of these materials uh, let me just say i i feel so dirty after reading this and and by the way this is the light side of the system stuff i can only imagine how bad the dark side is you know, the light side is all about purity and, you know, it's like, oh my goodness. Uh, everything is tainted in that world. <laughs> it, it It is really, really bad. And by the way, if uh, just so the listeners know this, this today I posted something on the Right On Radio main channel uh, on Telegram today. And really, if you just want a summary of the the plans you know that's coming uh, i posted the introduction and the foreword of a book that jesse has mentioned many times the initiates of the flame it's an audible version and uh when you listen to it they talk about the very first faustian deal like it, they come off as they're talking about god and jesus christ but they're telling you that it's lucifer okay yeah. uh, you know so don't be confused do not fall into the deception but they actually, in this introduction and the forward, touch on almost every major point, and it's almost all you need to know. So if you don't want to read it, and uh, and I don't want to read it, I'll tell you the truth. It's just I just feel dirty, and the deception is so clever. I got it, though. Yeah. I'll give it to them. Yeah, it, everything is presented as you know in that Christian guise, so that there wasn't an, any persecution for them, so that people yeah. wouldn't know you know, really that they worship Satan behind the scenes. So, yeah. And, and you know what, this sacred knowledge, uh, I'll, I'll tell you there, uh, part of the reason I don't even want to read some of this stuff, Jesse, is I think there's always a temptation of power and, you know, listen, I'm a human being. I, I, I trust myself. I trust my salvation, but man, I, you know, as someone who kind of likes to be tempted once in a while to tell you the truth, cause I like having those victories. You know, there's just some of this stuff like, I, you know, 
like you know we talked about the fireballs and stuff like that like that's kind of a cool power right you know what i mean like i could use that for good right you know, right? You know good party so trick a, a good party trick for sure come near me bang you go flying <laughs> No thanks. So you got to think more like a mother, Jeff. Not you know my previous role. I was speaking an actual, you know, mother. It'd be like, oh, you know, quick way to heat up the kids' drinks or food or you know. Oh my goodness! Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, who needs the fifteenth-century microwave? <laughs> right. Nice hot bath. <laughs> I mean, there's so many uses. You know the. The thing is, is this stuff is real and it is real and it takes a lot. You know, people don't understand what, you know, individuals who come out of that depth, you know, there's, it's not just a repentance. Like you have to literally, you know, leave the old man behind. And, and that means that, you know, you, even though you have the knowledge, you know how to do things, you never use that. You know, it's a complete surrendering of everything to the Lord. Even if you could use it for good, you know, you choose not to. Even in moments where it could save somebody's life, you choose not to. Um, yeah. You allow God to have that sovereign control. And um, that's a really great point. And, you know, anyone who needs to come out of this, look, um, contact me and I'll forward it on if you're in the system. Uh, we'll have people praying for you. And, and and by the way, speaking of prayer, Saturday, right after the Saturday night sermon, we are going to have a regular prayer meeting. It's going to be on Telegram. It's going to be on our main channel. Yes, I'm excited for that. That's going to be amazing. And the individuals we have... Um, Leading that are just powerhouses when it comes to prayer. <laughs> they, they certainly are. And, uh, you know, they've made such a difference in our community. And we're going to introduce them as the time gets closer. Uh, we just want to make sure all the preparations are in place. But uh, And by the way, um, so that's going to be a regular Saturday night thing. Um, during the week, Jesse and I, from time to time, are going to be popping in and doing some impromptu shows on uh, Telegram. Some will be the Army Intel type of show where you get to give your intel. Some will just be prayer. Uh, prayer is really important right now. Uh, I can't stress how important it is. So, yeah. Jesse, before we get going... Um, we do need to put out a somewhat of an urgent call. Uh, you know, we've been involved in this thing, My Liberty Stand. Uh, we need people to be what's called our gatekeepers. And we we have several right now. They're doing really well. Uh, to become a gatekeeper, you do have to have a cell phone. Uh, you probably should have a computer as well and have some basic skills and have, you know, uh, you know, five to 10 hours a week to dedicate uh, to it. Uh, there is a little bit of a financial cost for you to get set up because, you know, like anything, you have to buy the tools. But the, the best news is uh, you actually get compensated for your work. And some of the people have done pretty good in their compensation uh, for doing this. So in particular, this time, we really need people to work for Jesse. 
So here's the thing. If you have already signed up at mylibertystand.com, you cannot do this. You've already signed We You cannot do it. We need new people who have not signed up yet who want to be a gatekeeper for Jesse. So do not sign up on my Liberty stand, send an email to me at actually I write on Jeff at gmail.com. Send an email to me and in the uh, title or the subject line, put in gatekeeper. That way it's flagged and I'll look, I'll go, believe me, I'm going to prior prioritize these. Um, I'm looking to have uh, today's Tuesday when we're recording this, I'm looking to have these forwarded to someone named Dewey who will contact you. So uh, please make sure that uh, you pay attention when he does contact you. <coughs> Excuse me, still getting over this cold. Um, it is fairly urgent. So again, you have to have some time, it does take a bit of a financial commitment. Uh, you do get the money back uh, as you do some of the work. So uh, write on jeff at gmail.com and put in the subject line gatekeeper. All right. And uh, you'll be working right alongside with Jesse as her representative. Uh, anything to add to that, Jesse? Not today. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah I, no, think I appreciate I kind of everybody who's stepping up to help. So definitely appreciate that. Yeah, listen, we we really have a great team. And I'll tell you that the team loves working together. They're having a great time doing this. Uh, we have a special chat room for them. So they, you know, trade back and forth. And, and it, you know, it's funny because uh, my team, we've never seen anything like this. You know, people praying for each other and, and mm -hmm. praying for the other listeners that are contacting and, it's it's we've really created something special there so uh i want to thank everyone who has stepped up and uh and been on the team and for those who are coming uh we welcome you okay let's get in to it jesse so we stopped the last time we started going with this alchemy and perhaps we just do a little bit of a review over the alchemy and some of the things because we're going to be taking it further and people really need to have seen the episode from last week uh the voice of god one uh as a as an intro to this because we're building upon it now yeah well we talked about um you know really brought out that the concert that was in houston and that it was more than just um a concert and this you know, we've talked in the past how some of these rituals for end times, they build upon each other. So it's almost like you have this series of rituals that build up to something bigger. So this is what, you know, we finally have had enough pieces to say, yes, this is what's happening and this is where it's going. So, you know, what we were seeing happening, some of it, um, you know, we saw this weird, strange wedding ceremony that Ye did, um, you know, where he set himself on fire and, you know, his wife is all dressed in this weird silky black that's, you know, body tight, but flowy in the back. And so know, that's, that's, that's Kanye and Kim. Right. Okay. okay. Yep. And then, uh, 
you know, from there, they, they had another um, prayer service where you had, you know, Kanye, Manson and Bieber all together. But, you know, they've got all these people in white robes surrounding them in a circle. And uh, there was just these ritual feels to these things. And, you know, I talked about how, you know, the white robes are really only worn uh, during very specific vows or rituals. And the ones that I saw them worn at were usually uh, the, the wedding or the marriage ceremony vows um, that went on in the spirit world. Um, and they're wearing rubber boots as a grounding tool, which is just so funny. Yeah, yeah. The rubber boots were a, you know, were a dead giveaway that that it wasn't just them getting together and singing. You know, they had to ground themselves. Um, you know, so so we started to, you know, I really wanted to bring out, you know, more of showing people what is the witchcraft that these higher level masons are doing and what do they plan to do with it so you know as we started to look at that concert you know that it, it really bothered me because you know it's like okay lord i know that they're doing so much more and that there's alchemy behind this and so you know in that last video we really broke down that process the formula you know, what are they going after? They are, you know, it's what they call, you know, the creating the philosopher's stone or the immortal stone, which it's not something outside of us. It is that we become that immortal stone. We take on our, our physical, uh, what they would say, you know, godhood. That's what they're trying to create. And so they use chemicals and all of those chemicals, you know, were available at that concert to make that transition. They had, you know, the graphite, um, you know, it was the graphite and the gold particles. They're able to use um, things, the, the metals that would be available in the jabby jab, um, like aluminum, uh, sulfur, uh, salt, other things like that, they can use to change into gold. And so there was this process, they were using the graphite and the gold particles. And then the exchange happened with a chemical that is natural, it's in all of our bodies, and that's thurium. And so, you know, this is alchemy at the blood magic level you know literally they are transforming the blood and the physical body in this magical process and as that you know exchange takes place and they're transforming there has to be an oxidizer that's released so that you know we saw these people that you know were saying they felt like they couldn't breathe and why was that because oxygen was the exchange in this formula um, so we put together all those pieces so people can understand, you know, the full extent of what was happening there. And so, you know, ultimately where all this is leading is that, um, you know, they're trying to create that immortal stone. And as they do that, there's a very specific purpose for it. Um, really that purpose deals with the raising of the Antichrist and preparing the people 
for the marriage of the beast. Uh, so that's where we're going to go today with that. Somehow I don't think his banquet's going to be as fun as the one we have with the Lord. I'm just, just saying. It's definitely not going to be as fun, let me tell you. <laughs> And, and, you know, and after and after reading these things, you know, and, and kind of going, trying to understand the process, I'll, I'll tell you, it's not an easy read going through this stuff. Like these people study and work really, really hard at this stuff. Uh, I'll give them kudos for their dedication. Man, if they only put that into the, uh, you know, as, as disciples of Jesus, we have it so much easier than these people. Like, honest to goodness. Yeah. It's it's like they they really try hard to go to hell. Like it's a, it well, either way, I think it's more of a matter of they already know they're going and all hope is lost. So why, you know, you might as well enjoy what you've got now because there's nothing to enjoy on the other side. And so it's more of a exchange, you know, that they're just going to live it up. And it's kind of like a, you know, putting it back in God's face that they're going to enjoy it all the way down, you know, so. But, but they really don't believe in hell. They actually think they're ascending, right? A lot of them, most of them, I would say. They actually don't believe they're going to go into a fiery pit. They think they're going to become gods. Well, that's their hope. You know, that's the only salvation that they have is if they can transcend and, you know, ascend into that godhood. But they do believe in hell and they know that's a very real reality. So, you know, that's the incentive for them to excel all the more. Okay. They would have to overtake God, you know, in order to remove the judgment. And so they're trying to use God's laws and his spiritual principles and everything that, the heat that he's put because God created all these chemicals and, you know, the different uh, stones and different things. And so, you know, the, the secrets are they're using God's creation to really go against them. But it's important to them to get to that immortal because they think that's their only chance of survival, essentially. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a mixed bag. You've got... Um... I don't want to make it sound like that's the only reason because there is such a strong sense of pride. Uh, yeah. There really is that ultimate rejection of God. And so, you know, everything that they're doing, they are wanting to do in a way that's mocking or proving God wrong or proving that there isn't a God, you know. Um, so a lot of deception goes along with that. But, you know, I mean, top level individuals, you know, have said to me, um, you know, I don't need you to tell me there's a hell. I already know I'm going there. So they know. Wow. Yeah. And they, and they just feel that there's no way out or they just, their pride is too great to bow down to God. I think it's more of the pride. Um, you know, some of these individuals we've, preach the gospel to them, you know, said it's so easy. All you have to do is confess, repent. You know, the Lord forgives even the worst of, of crimes. And, you know, throughout the years it's gone from I cannot, you know, because they struggle. Uh, there's that tornness. There's, you know, at the depth so much fear. Um, and, 
then it goes to, I will not, you know, so they make that choice that they, they won't uh, submit because they don't want to humble themselves to submit to God's sovereign authority. Well, listen, Jesse, before we get into the show, I probably should make a correction because when I said, if you're in the system, contact me and I'll forward it on. But quite honestly, would it be better, Jesse, if they just made a contact through illuminatethedarkness.com? Yeah, absolutely. Rather than coming to me and do secondhand. Look, if, yeah. if you're in the system, that's that's the ministry, uh, part of Jesse's ministry. It's much more than that, obviously, but getting people out of the system is uh, certainly heavy on her heart. Definitely. And so, she has a team of people to help. All right. I don't know right. where you want to start. I have a lot of stuff to yeah. add, uh, but man, <laughs> so I'm going to let you drive this ship here. Yeah, we're going to start with who's involved. And so we're kind of going through, um, this is going to be taken from chapter uh, six, seven. Uh, I think it shows up as chapter seven in the video YouTube series of Initiates of the Flame. But this book, um, just so people understand, you know, this is one of the higher level books in the system. It appears innocent, you know, it's not like the Keys of Solomon where you're going to have summoning formulas or, you know, how to contact or conjure certain spirits or make those connections or, you know, you don't have spells in it. But what it is, is it's kind of, you know, one of their playbooks. And so as you are elevated to these higher levels in the system, you, you're given material that you have to read and reflect on. And again, you know, the answers are never just given to you. You, you have a, you have teachers or, you know, in my case, I had a proctor, somebody that, you know, as I read through these materials, I would, you know, engage with those who were kind of overseeing my education in the system. And, you know, if you, asked questions like, you know, um, my goodness, that this book, Initiatives of the Flame, talks about, you know, these mythological cities like, you know, Shambhala and Atlantis and um, all these other, other ones, you know, are they real? What you're going to get back is a response, you know, are they real? You know, so if you seek the answer, like in that way, you're not going to get an answer. But if you say, my goodness, I've read this and I realize, you know, that this book, literally, these aren't just stories in it about these cities. This book is the key. Like it's the map. It tells me how to get into the city. It tells me where the cities are located. It um, it tells me the passwords, you know, for this city and they're going to say, well done. And then you're going to get a trip and you're going to get to go see the city. So this is how this kind of works. Um, so a lot of, you know, knowledge through, um, the process is how they work. And that's part of the secrecy, the hidden code of the Masonic system. So in chapter six, you know, it really what this book is really preparing for are the end time events, the places, the locations, the individuals involved. It's telling you how the process really works at the highest levels of the system. 
So it starts to get into the story of King Arthur, the Round Table, the Knights of the Holy Grail, um, and um, starts to talk about, you know, what does it look like? How do you become this master of spiritual development? How do you become, as they say, a king of the grail? Um, so let's break down first, you know, when they're talking about the grail, um, you know, a lot of us grew up with these stories of King Arthur. Uh, we grew up with, you know, movies um, like the Indiana Jones series where, you know, there were all these stories about the Holy Grail, the Grail of Christ. And supposedly, you know, that is supposed to be the cup that, you know, he drank out of at the Last Supper before he was crucified. And supposedly that grail contained pieces of his DNA that if somebody were to find that cup and drink from it, um, they then would have immortal life. Um, so, you know, that's what they Which would is like. Which why it's called the Holy Grail, obviously, right? Right, right. Get a but little piece it, of Jesus in you and, uh, and you're good. That's right. But in the system, you know, um, it goes by many names, you know, the Brotherhood, uh, the Illuminati, the Cabal. Um, you know, the Grail has so many meanings, but what does it really mean? What does it really represent? Um, it doesn't represent the cup that Christ drank out of. Um, you know, it, it represents the female womb, which also the system calls the chalice. Um, it's one of the elements that is used in their magic. Um, and, you know, it's present. Um, they will always have that chalice with the blood in it. And it represents the seed. And so when they talk about the Holy Grail, they're really talking about the seed of God. Um, you know, some would say that's the seed of Cain. Uh, this does go down the seed of Cain theology road if you uh, want to research or look into that, um, you know, where they push that Cain was, you know, not really a son of Adam, but that there was this mix between the serpent and Eve and, you know, the child that came from that, can, you know, carried the DNA of the serpent um, so, you know, do they believe that? Absolutely. You know, they believe that that seed continued, um, you know, and again, we're talking really messed up theology. This is not what I believe. I'm just going to put that disclaimer out there. Yeah. I am sharing their beliefs. Um, but you know, they, they believe that Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene and that he, uh, produced an heir with her before he was crucified, you know, that she was carrying that child in the womb, that it was a female child. Um, so you've had all these generations where, you know, the female heir uh, has been elevated, you know, the one that they believe is the heir. And, you know, they say that that one carries that seed of Christ and, um, and they're trying to, you know, bring that forward. Why? Because, you know, we have to remember at the core of this, 
that the Lord promised he was going to send Israel a Messiah. And he sent that Messiah, Jesus Christ. But Israel did not accept him as God's anointed one that was sent to save them. They rejected Jesus Christ. Because the Pharisees had so much power. They didn't want to lose the power. Right. And so they've still been looking for the Messiah to come. Well, who is that Messiah that they're looking for to come? Is it the true Messiah, the Christ? No, it's the Antichrist. So, um, and, and by is, the way, Jesse, if I could just interject, there's a lot of people who are spewing out this uh, great apostasy stuff right now. And there's some of them are actually saying that it's Kennedy. Uh, John JFK yeah. uh, is going to come back and he's the bloodline of Jesus and all this stuff. Um, I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. That's not our belief per se. Right. Uh, well, definitely isn't our belief because Jesus wasn't married, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you could look into more, you know, it's, if you want to research it more, the seed of Cain theology, the Jesus strand, uh, the third strand, those would all be terms that would help you get more information on that. So as we start to dive more into this book, you know, this is considered, you know, one of those sacred books. Um, there's other sacred books of the East that contain, you know, stories about the legends, the Titans, the fallen angels, which were those, you know, in Genesis six, it talks about where the angels came and, uh, you know, mated with the women and they produced these heirs, which were known as the, the men of old or the men of renowned. Um, some called them, you know, lowercase or lower G gods. Um, essentially the gods in Roman and Greek mythology, like we get the Thors and stuff like that. And, right. you know, we, these are the Nephilim, essentially. I just yes. want to tie these things in because you've seen, when you grew up, you saw these cartoons of all these, you know, guys hercules and you know these are the nephilim that they're showing right. you and get it desensitizing you and programming you to accept them when they come back yeah the ascended masters <laughs> so so what this book says i'm going to quote it here um it's it talks about these things about these sacred books and the teachings that were handed down about the nephilim and it says that these truths were given to King Arthur at the round table as a wedding gift. All right. So all of this, this is interesting because you really got to listen as you're hearing this stuff because they're speaking truth at the same time. You know, it, it's not what they're saying. It's the, the hidden stuff behind it. Okay. So, um, you know, they're saying that, you know, what were these Truths. It says all true students know what that wedding was, not of earth, but a wedding of spiritual and intellectual within the initiate himself when his body and his soul united in immortality like Arthur and Guinevere. So, you know, when they talk about these stories about King Arthur and Guinevere, you know, it's really bringing around that you know, they're talking about the spiritual and the physical bodies and immortality. That's what that represents. And that union between man and, um, you know, the female 
represents that that God seed, that immortal God seed. Um, so with this, you know, there's a process now that they bring out that I really want to point out because this chapter is not about King Arthur and the stories of King Arthur are really about, you know, the coming of the Antichrist. So um, in enters Merlin, you know, I get excited kind of doing some of these reveal stuff. So, totally. you know, who's Merlin? Because we've right? seen this all our lives, Jesse. <laughs> and, and now we're starting to understand why we've seen it all our lives. Right, because they've been preparing you over and over, desensitizing, shifting the narrative so you believe one thing while really another's happening. Um, but anyway, you know, Merlin um, in the King Arthur story is, is the wizard, the sorcerer, um, the wise man who, you know, is in charge of, of the king during his youth. So that's vital. You know, who had charge of King Arthur in his youth? Uh, High-level sorcerer. Um, and Merlin represents the hands of the elder brothers. So these are going to be individuals at the very top of the system who, you know, they're called elders. Um, their mission is to consecrate themselves. Now think about that. These are Luciferians. But we've talked about on the Reveal Report some of the things that these Luciferians do, that, you know, they their cover lives is Christianity. They live out some of the biblical truths. Like they literally, you know, will read out of their Bible. Do they get the same thing out of it that we do? No. Are they moved by the Holy Spirit like we are? No but they will put some of those same practices out, you know, to, in order to get things done. So even Brian Cole, who's an ex Satanist who, you know, has come out and is now a pastor. He said, you know, when he opened the Bible and he saw the purification <laughs> spell, you know, out of the verse, you know, yeah. wash, sprinkle me with hyssop, you know, wash me and I shall be clean as snow. He was like, why the hell is a spell in the Bible? You know, and it wasn't. It's just that these people use the Bible. They even use God's word because it has power. To prepare. Yeah, even to prepare for these things that they're going to do. So, you know, the elders, they consecrate. They, may, they set themselves apart um, and devote themselves only to this work of preparing um, the Antichrist for his mission in spite of his ego and pride. Um, you know, they know that that's a huge thing that they've got to work through is that ego and pride. Um, so can I ask a question here, Jesse? Uh, because it's my understanding that Satan has basically had an antichrist lined up in every single generation because he doesn't know when God's going to pull the trigger, you might say, or allow right. this thing to happen. So, so even today, uh, just like back then, we have these same... Well, it's a different set of people because people pass along, pass on, but we have the same structure in place around the AC right now. Correct. Yep. Each generation, the same 
you'd have the elders who had a charge and who were raising up, preparing an individual in case that individual then was chosen. And it it's not on their timing. It's, it's on all God's dependent timing. on God. So as they see um, things in God's word being fulfilled in the last days, that's when they start to put things into motion for these individuals that they've chosen. And boy, are they rushing things right now, Jesse. <laughs> they are. <laughs> there has been a rush, yes. They've all of a sudden had to, you know, amp it up. And actually, Did God you catch know, them flat-footed, do you think? I think God totally caught them off guard because a lot of this wasn't supposed to start like the, I believe the original plan for, con, you know, the five books of the mothers and consecrating the Antichrist uh, was supposed to happen in 2022. And so they had to do that two years early and because then had to start everything two years early because, because of God's God time. put his person in the White House, probably, which is one of the which is one third of the power structure of the world. Right. I mean, you know, they haven't been prepared for. Yeah, it was supposed yeah. to be the 16 year plan, Barack, Hillary, and uh yeah. then whoever comes after that, right? Right. Yeah. So so you've got you know, the, these men, this group of men, they are part of, you know, the higher levels, the higher echelons of the satanic council, but they're a very specific council or group of advisors. You know, their focus is only the Antichrist. There's five of them and they are known as Merlin together. So, um, that's kind of their code. Um, so the, the, say that again. So there's five people on their five men, five men that they just on a special council. They're part of the bigger, yeah. They're the part AP. of the bigger antic or part of the bigger uh, satanic council, uh, but their job is just to groom the antichrist and prepare him and get him ready for his job. And so whenever we hear Merlin or it's been referred to in our cartoons and stuff like that, they're actually giving comms to this group. And, and the group is acting as one, so they put it in the singular. Right. Yep, but it's five men, um, high-level sorcerers, um, wizards. Uh, so they also, though, are part of you know, we brought out in the, um, Jeff, you'll have to remind me which show, it was a couple shows ago, but we really brought out um, the truth about the forefathers and, you know, that um, the, oh, what is it called? The uh, cryogenic freezing, the use of the brain after these masons have died. Um, so, you know, we talked about that, um, you know, the higher level Masonic men, their heads or brains are kept and they're frozen. They're still alive. And through necromancy, which is a form of communicating to the dead, um, these individuals are still um, communicated with by these higher level um, 
masons in the system. So, um, you know, they call that the AI collective or the forefathers. I grew up knowing it as the forefathers. Um, but Merlin is always in communication with the forefathers. So we're looking at, you know, these aren't I just think that sorcerers. Was episode 231, take the power back, I believe. Yeah, so these are high level, you know, sorcerers who are involved in a very dark form of necromancy. Um, and, uh, you know, access that energy, that knowledge in order to put that um, knowledge into their training of the Antichrist. Um, so one of the things now, as we start to bring out some more of this, um, you know, what was their, their test to find out, you know, who was the king? Um, in the story of King Arthur, they bring out an anvil or stone and within that stone, there's a sword that's in it. And it's raised in the city square, you know, with the challenge that whoever can pull that sword out of the stone um, is the king. And now what's interesting about this, though, is, is you have to think about this. You know, why do they put a challenge out there when kingship's already been decided? You know, it's not to prove to the system who the king is, who are they proving it to? It, it's the people. They have to prove that this person has this divine power or authority, and this is how they're going to do it. So, you know, in the system, like as we talked about that concert, okay, we, you know, it took me a while to like put all the pieces together, but, you know, people kept asking, well, why do they have that stage that's an inverted cross going into a portal? Well, it wasn't, it, you know, it was a mountain or a stone and the inverted cross was like the sword that was going into the stone. And what does that represent? It represents the philosopher's stone, the alchemy, um, being able to turn things into gold and, you know, those who can master that process, you know, have this divine power that they're proving to the world that they have, that they are masters of the universe. Um, so I just want to repeat that because I think that was really, really important. Uh, before we thought it was an inverted cross going into the portal, and certainly like it was a portal and you know, it said, see you on the other side and all these different things, but there's a lot of things happening. But if you think of the, the shape of, of a cross, it's also the shape of a sword. You know, the, the famous two-edged sword that has the big handles across it are hand guards, and that was going into the stone. So think of it from, a, from an above, if you were taking drone footage and you're looking down, you're seeing the sword in the stone. Right. All the symbology is, is right there. Um, Thank goodness that God let you recall this and, and bring this all to memory, Jesse, because this is, this is a big one. Uh, this has this taken a lot, you know, I mean, Jeff, it, it, th these are books, you know, again, I, I mean, I did crash courses on these books when I was like age five to seven. So, 
you know, it's like, this was what my education was in. This is why I'm so bad at math. Cause I didn't learn math, like in the format with the numbers that most children learn it. Like, this is how I learned, you know, was through this and everything to me was known by spiritual terms. I didn't have the, you know, the, the breakdown or basic foundations of the separation of the two you know, everything was seen in light of these end time things. And so it's just transposing, you know, what I learned and what I'm seeing happening and sharing with people, you know, what it really is, what it means to the system. And, and, uh, and although the Masons are very involved in all this stuff, they, you didn't learn geometry as much either, right? <laughs> no, but actually geometry is the only thing I was really good in. I went from being a C student in math to when we did geometry, I, I aced it. No problems. I all of a sudden was tutoring people and they're like, how come you get this? And I'm like, it's so easy. It's just memorizing formulas. And I could memorize and follow the formulas, you know, but yeah, <laughs> it was so weird, Jeff. I don't know. <laughs> not, not the normal upbringing, becoming a mother of darkness. <laughs> right. Same with chemistry too. Like, you know, in fact, math never made sense to me at all either until uh, this is actually kind of funny. It was one of my friends. He's like, math proves everything. And, and I'm like, you know, to me, I check math out the window because I couldn't understand it. And I was like, really, can you use math to prove spiritual things? And he's like, absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, uh-huh. Give me one example. He's like, okay, you've got X, which equals the physical life. You've got Y, which equals the spiritual. You know, together, you will always have X, Y. You never get a zero. He's like, so now you've just approved eternal life. And I'm like, what? I'm like, this is crazy. And so just that simple formula that night, I had so many things. All of a sudden, the Lord just started connecting all the dots. And I was like, my goodness, math does prove every spiritual truth. I was like, this is crazy. So. It, 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 well, yeah, listen, God gave us the you know formulas and everything is mathematical. You're right. But yeah. let, let's get back to the topic here because a couple things are coming to my mind, you know, because they've been telegraphing this so much in Hollywood and things like that. So obviously we have. Uh, King Arthur and the stone. Uh, we have Merlin. Uh, there's Harry Potter and the philosopher's stone. Uh, Monty Python's the Holy Grail for what it's worth. You know, right. like all this stuff has been, they're putting it out there and putting it out there. And, and it's really just to form the programming. So when you see this, you were expecting it and it's normal. Right. So, you know, some of the stuff we can watch for, you know, the council, Merlin has two jobs. His first job is to present the stone and the sword. Um, his second job is to call all brave knights and to tell them that the one who draws the sword out of the stone is the king of the land. Okay. Now, we're, we're not going to get into all the dominion rights and authority here uh, today, but it really ties into, you know, um, universal and I'll, I'll use it loosely, the term galactic authority, 
Uh, so we're not just talking authority of just the land and the earth. Um, they're talking universal authority. Um, and then, you know, their job is to make sure that Arthur is the one who draws that sword out of the stone. So, you know, as we start to break down this mystery of this allegory, you know, again, at the base is alchemy, you know, and the alchemy of metal pulling and changing. Um, you know, as we start to think about this and break down these terms, what is the sword? You know, what does scripture tell us? Scripture tells us that the sword is the word of God, the very voice, the breath of God. So here's where we get into the release of the sword. Um, you know, when they're talking about the release of the sword, it's not just to pull out this metal piece out of a stone and say, hey, that's our king. They're talking about the person who pulls that sword out of the stone literally is releasing the voice of God. That's This is at the darkest levels. This is about the voice of God project, um, the voice that was able to create, that is the creator. Um, that's what they're trying to release upon the earth. So let me try to look at this in a practical sense. So is it going to be a physical stone with a physical sword on public display? Um, there are some indicators that it may be, um, you know, some of what they talk about with the stone or the cube, um, it can represent the body, but it also can represent a physical stone. So, um often you know the stone that they would use would be the black cube you know or what we know is in um in mecca yep so yeah that's where i was going with this because i just keep thinking of you know the, the this magical stone that they have and it's in this black cube and i know like somehow this all ties in together because yeah. believe me they're, they're gonna put all the pieces together for you folks and, and that stone, illusion. you know, that's inside that cube supposedly is the stone that fell, the morning star that fell from heaven, a piece yeah. of it. So, you know, release, think about that. You know, what are they saying? Releasing the voice of, you know, the God inside that, which would be who? Lucifer. Um, so, um, I, you know, there's... Yeah, so I believe that there's going to be a physical demonstration that people are eyewitness of, that they experience with their physical senses, that they hear, as well as you're going to experience it spiritually as well for the first time. Many of us are used to those physical experiences. We're not used to the whole spiritual experiences and and so when they release the voice of god project that's going to go across most of humanity because they're literally connecting people to this grid right now right and and making that conductivity and i mean you got several things when they're creating that field for the voice of god project you've got this mass amount of static electricity 
you've got the electromagnetic and the magnetic fields hyped up um, and you know they're able to people can look into things like the phoenix project or other projects literally you know there are stages of your bodily state and the we'll just say forms of matter you know um, they call those different things so if you're in your complete spiritual state they would call that your extraterrestrial state so some of these terms are going to get very interesting um you know have they figured out a way to do that in a mass amount i would say yes and you know even the lighting you know why do you need basically the black lights you know Maybe there's only certain things you can see in a black light. Maybe there's only certain forms you can see in a black light. So it maybe it's a safeguard as they create this field so that they don't have rogue people in their spiritual or extraterrestrial state that they can't control. Um, you know, they want to be able to see and know where all the players on the field are. So, ladies and gentlemen, you know, on a lot of the other shows that are doing this Jesus Strand stuff, that are talking about uh, the, the the Grand Masters or you know the Ascended Masters, and, and if you hear, and we're not coming against the people, okay, but if you hear someone saying your level of consciousness is going up, you're going to go to, you know, you're going to be a level five conscious person, you know, it sounds great. And it's, and and you'll be filled with light and love. You know, it's like groovy, baby. No, it's <laughs> not. It's not. This it's is not the great apostasy. And so, if you're listening to these guys, because they give a little bit of intel from time to time, but then they go into that. I'm telling you, they're trying to drag you to the pit of hell. They might not be doing it intentionally, but they've believed a lie and they're repeating it get away from them now. Yeah. And, you know, as we get into it more, you know, it's, it's that control of your body and spirit together. And, you know, they aren't, you know, let's just put it this way. Not everybody gets to ascend, you know, they're pushing that there's this universal ascension this universal energy, okay? But really what you have happening is that they're off the playing field. You're the only one on the grid. They are accessing or harvesting your spiritual energy. They've been doing it for years. You know, this yeah. is why they turn children and people into diamonds so that they have access to that spiritual energy of that soul. And... You know, so we really have to be wise as serpents. Um, you know, we don't need to be afraid. God has given us everything that we need to overcome. You know, they have no permissions, no right. Even if we are on that ground, on the playing field, who has the authority? This is where, you know, I've been pushing that people need to understand their biblical rights and authority in Christ Jesus, because even if we are standing on the playing field, 
We are the ones with the authority. His word says that the righteous inherit the land. Therefore, we are ruling it. We're in charge of ruling it. We dictate what happens on it. So this is why it's so important to know your rights, to get out there, to be anointing, because it's going to save lives. Um, you know, I, can, and, I can't. And the, the enemy is constantly trying to use our authority because we are given the authority. We're given authority over the angels even because right. we're, we're God's creation. We're in God's family. Once you become a disciple of Christ and you accept the Holy Spirit in you, you know, you, you have that authority and, you know, too many of us don't realize the, what the power that you actually have in your prayer, uh, in calling on the name of Jesus and dispatching angels and, you know, and doing it in God's will. It's not your will. That's the key. You know, right. like, you know, uh, you know, my neighbor pissed me off. I want them maybe in a car accident or something like that. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's, that's not God's will right? You know, you don't pray for stuff like that. You're cursing yourself, but you pray for God's will to be done. You know, that, 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 that poor family down the end of the road gets enough food, you know, you pray for, it could be anything, but you have authority over the spiritual world as well. Mm -hmm. So we've got this transition occurring, you know, where they're trying to create this grid that's energy field. Um, we know that it's not only a physical grid, but it's a spiritual grid. It's also a quantum grid. So here we're going to start to get into some of the things we've been seeing. You know, um, before he left his office, uh, DJT uh, signed into effect the quantum server. Now, we got in trouble talking about this, you know, with a certain uh, high-level world, world governing councilwoman. Um, but we're just going to go there today. Um, you know, what is that quantum server, um, you know, that kind of acts as an entity its own? Um, you know, one of its other names is Excalibur. And um, Excalibur to them represents light and truth. And wasn't that the name of the sword as well? Yeah, that's the name it's of the in. Yeah. And so think about that. If the stone can represent the body, it, you know, can represent the physical. And then you have, you know, the sword, which represents the spirit, but they're redefining spirit also at a quantum AI level versus just the spiritual Um you know, they, they're combining these things. Um, you can also look these terms up. Um, Excalibur is connected to AI systems. And there's some companies that go by that name. And um, Oh, our diggers are going to have fun with this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all of this is, you know, look for software, software names, um, you know, it's all out there. It's all just right there. And um, so, you know, as you start to look at this, you know, what are we going to be seeing happening? You know, we're seeing the quantum server, it, you know, which they're calling vibe stat, vibration status. 
um, which is the level that Excalibur's at right now. Um, you know, you've got, as you think about the Schumann resonance, um, you have these waves that are being measured, a frequency harmonics resonance. And, um, you know, those, they vibrate and vibe stat is, is the lower level of that. Uh, but what happens when it gets to, you know, the higher different statuses? Um, you know, I would also suggest that these variants, um, we've talked about, I, I got to kind of explain a little bit before I go in there. We've talked about the breath sounds of God, how each sound, you know, has life and represented you know, a spirit, a name, a calling, a word, um, you know, each breath has depth with height breath. And um, so think about that. Uh, you know, we've got Vibestat has gone into full operation. It's at its lower level right now. So what I'm trying to tell you is that maybe the variant names which people have realized are Greek alphabet letters, or I'm sorry, Hebrew alphabet letters, that remember those are breath sounds. With each breath sound, you get a new level. So, you know, what's at the base of the Voice of God project is what they called I Am which is the name of God. Um, other projects underneath it were Alpha, Omega. Omega. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is that we're moving through the different projects of the Voice of God projects. So it tells you in the timeline how close we are to getting to Omega, which is when the Voice of God is released. And what's interesting about this is there's a list going on because the WHO actually published a list of these. So don't think of them as variants. Think of them as stages in the project. Exactly. Okay? And, and yes. so right now, uh, we're literally about halfway through the project. Almost. We're almost where we only got like less than a third left. Yeah. And my guess is they aren't going to go in continued order, you know, as you, um, with these breath sounds, some of them have to go together. Um, so it's so they'll going combine. to, they'll oh. combine and it will increase faster, um, to the full release. Now, I think I saw some dates and I'm going by memory here, Jesse, but it looked like you know, we're getting to the end of this, like April of uh, 2022. I don't know. I'm not one to give specific time frames, but I'm just, you know, I'm just speaking on that chart that I've yeah. seen. I, I'm not saying it's the timing, but I, I, and I'm going by memory, but I believe it pretty much ended around April, 2022. Someone can fact check me on that. Uh, but it's, uh, that seemed to be my recollection. Yeah, and, and one of the other indicators people have been bringing out the sign, you know, that's got the different, um, you know, it shows the jabby jabbers and the re-jabby jabbers, and you have six of those. 
Uh, one of the main pieces of evidence that I had brought out from my childhood was that, you know, located at each of the six, there are six major training centers um, for the system. And one of their fail safes was that located at each of these centers, they had Poseidon missiles, which I was taught as a kid contained bioweapons. Um, you know, so there were certain locations, certain places. If that training center was threatened, that bioweapon was released. They are released through, like they're accelerate, accelerated through fire. So, um, you know, it's interesting that, uh, you know, this past year we saw a lot of fires. We saw a lot of churches or other things on fire. Um, you know, fire coming up out of manholes. Um, so, you know, with each of those also, you know, each of those bioweapons is a little different. So, you know, some of this language is not forlorn to me. Um, it just tells me that they are indeed, you know, putting out what they have threatened to put out. The base of it, you know, again, we got to remember these are witchcraft biochemical weapons. You know, um, they're sent through pestilence, which is a form of witchcraft. And, um, you know, not all pestilence, but pestilence is one of the, you know, ways that witches and warlocks attack. Um, so this is all to keep in mind, you know, it tells you their time frame that, uh, you know, that they're releasing certain things. So two of those have been released and those time frames I would pay attention to because it, it lines up when you line that up in conjunction with the Hebrew letters, it shows you where in the game we are and, and which stage they're at. And if we start looking at it as stages, we'll have better understanding. And then we start to watch for these things. You know, ultimately, what is all the King Arthur stuff about? It's preparing people for that marriage of the beast. And so, you know, we know that there's going to be a cube, an anvil, a stone involved. You know, with that, I keep my eyes on Mecca. Um you know, especially for anybody trying to bring a voice out of that cube that talks to people. Um, well, let's know, talk also, about the marriage of the beast a little bit, Jesse, because yeah. uh, you've mentioned it, but we really haven't gone into detail on what that means because it's uh, just like we are the bride. And we just covered this on our Revelation Sunday uh, you know, we're the bride that gets married, but uh, Satan emulates everything, right? So he's having his wedding banquet, you might say. And right, so it's it's reversed. Like in scripture, you have the father who found a bride for his son and gives the bride to the son. But in the system, you have the son who prepares and gets ready the bride for the father or, you know, for Satan himself. So you'll have the Antichrist will be preparing the bride to present to, to the Satan beast. and to give to the beast. Yeah. So, all right. We've met, talked about Mecca. We've talked about the stone. 
we've talked about how all these things play in. We've talked about Merlin and who Merlin is. Jesse, one of the things that we said in the intro is how does the Holy See fit into this? Mm-hmm. And and how do and and does that have anything to do with the marriage of the beast? Can you do can you talk about the marriage of the beast and then the Holy See if they're connected or if they're not? Yeah, so you know, I'm just gonna kind of slyly let it slip that the top five or that Merlin are the top five individuals in the Holy See. So um, they have been in charge of guarding, keeping, raising up this individual who's going to be the Antichrist, um, you know, investing their time, their money and preparing for um, him to do his job, which again is deceiving the whole world and preparing the bride to present the bride to the beast. All right. So diggers, she just let a big, big thing out. Pay attention to what she just said. Merlin are the top five in the Holy See. Yep. And it's only because we, and it, it, it's our belief, and I, and I stand together with Jesse in prayer over these things, we're she's only able and we're only able to release this stuff right now because it's happening god hasn't you know god is given only gives jesse specific <laughs> permissions and only brings things to her recollection at specific times yeah yeah so so, so the, the so merlin is preparing that and now let's talk about the marriage of the beast. Yeah, so, well, you see them also, you know, with the house of one, you're seeing that connection where they're, you know, bringing in the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, they're, you know, going to be bringing all faiths together. Um, they're also, we're going to see the economical, you know, side where, you know, one world government, one world economy, Um, so that's all part of this preparation time and, you know, with the marriage of the beast, um, I'm just going to (laughs) say, I don't know what to say, Jeff. It's if, if you thought talking about the forefathers and the Masonic heads and the necromancy was bad, um, you know, there was nothing more that scared me as a child, um, you know, because in the end, you know, it's not um, a marriage where then you're, you know, committed in this relationship with the beast. Um, you know, it's it's pretty much a bloodbath and everybody dies. And, you know, it's at the same time, um, there's going to be some we'll just say miraculous things that happen. Um, We have to remember that, you know, in the beginning, God dwelled with man and man was made in his image. And, you know, what is the image of God's glory? Scripture talks about that as being like fire, um, that the spirit of God was like this fire. And so, you know, the best way I could describe it is that we had this covering of fire or glory around us 
that covering was removed. So what do you know these members of the system want to replace that they that they see as being God or or being like God? They've got to replace that covering of fire, um, which is what they call the pure white gold. Um, how you know how do they plan to replace that? You know, it's through different types of alchemy. Um, you know, where they're combining the physical body, the spiritual, and they're making that transition through um, different things that they've put into place. And so, you know, they're literally, that marriage is, there will be a transformation that happens to people. And right, right around the globe, right? Right. But it's not a transformation, you know, of life. It literally is of death. And um, yeah, I'm just going to say, think about the implications of the fire too. You know, um, I, I guess I'm trying to think of how to put all this. Scripture talks about our bodies are the holy temple of God. Okay, we know hell is a place, um, but is it a, you know, it's just defined as a place, not necessarily an identifiable geographical location. So, you know, think about that fire, that if it's not the fire of the Holy Spirit and of God that comes upon us, what is opened up and comes upon us? And, you know, what brings men to the point of where they look upon Christ when he comes and they mourn because of him. And then they're bound in this eternal judgment um, in the flames of hell, you know. So there's a lot more to it that just can't be put into words yet. So just, and I don't know if you can answer this, and I, you might not even know the answer, Jesse, but... You know, because we're going chapter by chapter in the book of Revelation, and it and it is in a sequential order, which I think is clearly established. Is there a certain spot, like in in Revelation, when when the system is planning to do this, or do you know the answer? Yeah, well, remember that um, you know part of Merlin's job is to gather men and tell them that whoever can remove the sword from the stone is has the divine power and is God. Um, I personally believe that that's going to happen, you know, when they call all the men to gather to Armageddon. So that's when I believe that mass transition of whoever's left is going to yeah, take Yeah, so that, that, that would be after we're taken up to the clouds then clearly, because we're not, we're not here for Armageddon. Uh, because Armageddon, you, you know, is further to the to the wrath of God. There's the wrath of God, the destruction of Babylon, and then Armageddon, essentially. That that, that would make that would make perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's my thoughts, but I, you know, I'm always subject to error. Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. Look, th this is. And you know, the prayer is that none of these things, you know, since childhood, the prayer is that none of these things will succeed. You know, we know that, um, you know, Revelations talks about that, 
you know, the beast is going to rise, that men are going to worship him. So we know all that's going to happen before Armageddon, that uh, there will be a worship of the beast. Um, but as to the marriage of the beast, that's when I believe they're going to try to make that happen. And uh, that's where the Lord comes in and destroys them all. And, uh, you know, none of their plans succeed. So praise the Lord. We already know the end of the story. It doesn't that's happen. That's right. That's right. And, and so again, we're, we're touching on so many elements. We could do entire shows on just one of these, but we're, uh, we're getting the information out to you in the best way yeah. that we know how. Uh, one of the things that uh, Jesse brought up uh, that I think we will explore even further, probably next time, Jesse is the white gold because yes, there the white is gold a and lot of the... significance to this. And also the connections, you know, I've I've talked about how Aquino's, Michael Aquino's book, uh, Mind Wars, there's a trilogy there. Um, those also are uh, war manuals, maps. Um, so in there, you know, he talks about Excalibur and uses wording like that. And that deals with the end mind time constructs and different things that are part of this war that we're experiencing, this psychological operation. Yeah, and and ladies and gentlemen, I know some of you are diggers, and you know, after the show last time, because Jesse gave you a couple of clues about this one, some of you did some great digging. And 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 actually I learned because of your digs. So I want to thank you for that. And I want to thank you that our audience is really hungry to get the answers and we're working as a team, you know, Jesse doesn't have all the answers. I certainly don't. In fact, I've always said, I know nothing and I can prove it, <laughs> but um, there, there's so much to it. But if you want to get ahead of perhaps the next couple shows, let's uh, let's just tease the chemical marriage. <laughs> That's that's going to be a good one. Yeah. So we will get more into the marriage of the beast and break down more of this stuff. But and it's important to, you know, again, I, I don't encourage everybody to read this material no. um, or other materials uh, that are from the Masonic, um, you know, line. But, you know, why we do it is so that we can understand what's currently happening from their perspective, you know, how do you defeat an enemy? You go in, you get his playbook, and then you share yeah. the playbook. And you and know. you counter it, and you counter it. So, and, and you know, the other thing is, Jesse, you know, we don't like, listen, we, we on Sundays and stuff, we focus, you know, on the word of God, because right. the word of God is really what you need to, to know. And if you know the word of God well, you will not fall for a counterfeit, okay? I just want to be really clear, especially if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. But when we talk about this stuff, it actually increases my faith, believe it or not, because I see the fulfillment of what God said would happen. Yeah. And and you know what? It increases my faith knowing who God created me to be to actually be able to fight this because the church has, quite honestly, not talked about your power forever. Uh, they don't talk about the sins in your life that keep you away from the power. 
you know, they don't come against the, you know, and listen, all, all sin is sin. I'm not condemning a group of people or anything like that, but you know, uh, look, you know, in society right now, abortion is taken lightly. This is not good. Yeah. Um, the the well, transgender. Yeah, they do, and they don't talk about the spiritual disciplines that increase that authority and power that the Lord's given us. You know, the more you allow the Holy Spirit to work through you, um, the more he's going to show and display a demonstration of his power. That's right. So, you know, not coming against any group. Look, um, if you're a homosexual, if you've had an abortion, my sin is just as bad as your sin. I want to be clear on that. Um you can ask forgiveness just as I did. Amen. And God will forgive you when you really turn away from that. So that means don't go have another abortion, you know, don't, uh, don't do these things. And, uh, because sin really is a barrier to experiencing the power of God in your life. Uh, I'm learning that more and more every day as I'm discovering more and more power in the spirit and, uh, and, and having the confidence that, this is God's will that we pray these things. And we use his word of God when we pray, you know. Yeah. Well, and uh, there's, there's beauty too. We're not bound. We're not labeled by our past sins. You no. know, that when we confess, it says we are cleansed. Um, you know, I often think of like the lepers in scripture. You know, th that definitely was a, a very negative label to be a leper. But when the priest announced them clean, they were restored to that rightful state. So, you know, we need to remember that about our sins, that that cleansing work of Christ is a redemptive work, that as we confess our sins, not only is he faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us, but then, you know, we're new, we're something different. And there is no more need, you know, we don't need the guilt, we don't need the shame, we don't need to constantly be bringing that sin or the guilt and shame we're feeling of it before the Lord, because he doesn't see that anymore. He sees, you know, the work that he did, that it's complete. And he desires to show forth that redemption, you know, that we're free from it. Yeah. We have a good God. I'll tell you, and he did all the work. So you don't have to, you Amen. know, Amen. God, God came to us. We didn't have to go to him. Uh, we just have to accept him. Uh, so if you feel that call in your life, I suggest you, uh, you answer that call right now. Uh, Jesse, I can't resist. I got to put up your dominion and authority course. We're getting a ton of great feedback on it. You got to remember, we, we say this, so there's a little video that we made. Uh, there is a whiteboard in the video that does not come up on the video, but if you listen to what Jesse's saying, she's actually describing it. And, uh, and he was, we're going to maybe add a little bit to, to this. Uh, so even for those of you who have bought on, but people are loving the course, Jesse. And, uh, and so the coupon is still available. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it available through Christmas, uh, you know, probably right to December 31st to tell you the truth. Uh, so there isn't a rush, but you know, if you, if you're, it's super affordable, so you can do it at any time. Um, so, you know, uh, Dominion Authority, go to uh, writeonyou.com, scroll down, you'll see the Dominion Authority. Uh, just because I haven't mentioned this in a long time, we do have a merch shop and people are loving the gear. There's some great designs. There's all kinds of designs, uh, writeonmerch.com. 
uh, is there. And the very last thing, I just want to remind people, uh, we do uh, need some gatekeepers. So remember at the very beginning, uh, send an email, uh, don't sign up. But for everyone else who doesn't want to take that responsibility and just wants to uh, buy North American, buy stuff that's not poisoning you, take money out of the pockets of the corporations that are trying to kill you, for all of the rest of you, go to mylibertystand.com and have one of your fellow listeners, a concierge, uh, talk to you and walk you through the store. Listen, you're going to love the products. There's a ton of variety. You're going to love the the value that it brings and got to do it today. I'm doing my Christmas shopping in this store. I'm telling you, um, listen, I've, and for myself, I've ordered three times this month alone because I love the stuff so much. Uh, mylibertystand.com. Final word, Jesse. No, I agree. I was doing some Christmas shopping on there as well. <laughs> yeah, it's so easy. It comes to me. I don't have to worry but, about but then the thought one was, of these on. The thought and, was, and I wonder if I'm getting anything from there from Jeff. He's probably going <laughs> to It's like, maybe I need to rethink Kiss. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Uh, yeah, it You know is. what so, I want, Jeff? I want the shampoo, man. Oh. <laughs> That, no, but there, there's three kinds, and and I my know. wife apparently said, "Oh, but this isn't the kind I prefer." Does she like the purple one? That's what <laughs> I like. <laughs> she does. Uh, too funny. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, hey, listen, thanks for tuning in to Right On Radio. We really do appreciate you. Hit that like button if you haven't done so. It takes no effort. It doesn't mean you know anything. Just It just helps the algorithm. So hit that like button. And in the meantime, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community.